Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Until death do us part. Gosh, I remember that day like it was yesterday. Jennifer looked so beautiful. I knew I'd love her forever. And then she was driving along a canyon and her brakes went out. Well, I'm moving on now and remarried someone half my age. God, I love banging her. I started my life over with Crimson Executive Spouse Indemnity Services. Life can be uncertain, and you never know when your wife will be tragically taken away. Crimson set me up with a huge life insurance policy on my wife. I can't have her back, but now I have a second home. I was devastated when I found out my wife was cheating on me, and even more so when she fell underneath the train. I was nowhere near at the time, and my phone records proved it. My life changed forever. I was a real mess for hours. Thankfully, the week before, I'd met with Crimson. Thanks to Crimson, I've had a penile augmentation and am much more confident with women. Thank you, Crimson. To have a Crimson Planning for the Future kit faxed to you, just dial 1-866-505-CRIM. Shut up and sit down. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to a fresh, hot, bacon sweat new episode of Third Shift. <laughs> bacon sweat. Do you know what that is? Have you heard of that, Matt? You haven't. You don't even know he's here yet because I haven't introduced him. It is 352. That's the episode we're on right now of Third Shift. And of course, it ain't just me here. It's Mr. Matt, the inglorious bastard himself. He's also here. We got a fun new episode. We're hot off of a brand new show. And was it a good show? Was it a bad show? You're going to find out in a little bit. But before we do any of that, we got to say, hello, Matt. How you been? How you doing? How's the week been, buddy? It's a, it's a, it's a fresh new world out here. The most bacon sweating I got is, oh, I'm sweating like the pig that knows it's dinner. That's pretty good. Come on. That's, that's pretty good. That's I right. like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. But it's actually not hot. It's nice and cool. It just smells like burning outside. Everywhere you go, it just smells like burning and death. So it's fun. And it's been a great week because... The second thing is the really because, but I'm going to start with, went to the Lansing Symphony Orchestra, one of their Masterworks concerts. Really good. They had a big piano concerto that was written by their composer in residence. So apparently this is the first time they've had somebody come in. He specifically makes music for the LSO. They perform it. It's really cool. And it was awesome because piano concerto, he had a big piano dude, you know, going nuts, like sweating, hammering it in. But then the gimmick of at least part of the piano concerto was he had this little box off to the side. And I should have mentioned it when I went to see Cyril M.A., she had like a little repeater where she would like play a couple notes and then she'd hit the button and it would repeat it. Or she'd do like some beatboxing a little bit and it would repeat it and it would build and build and build and build. But he did that with his piano. So he'd lay down like the bass line or you know whatever and then hit it on the box and it would repeat that so he had both hands free to go both hands going nuts over top of it and it built up a couple times. Overall, it was great. And then I think it was the very next day or the day after that. No, it was the very next day. I went and saw Across the Spider-Verse. God, I put it on Twitter. I'll say it here and it'll get bleeped. That is the fucking coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Just art styles, animation styles, every single in-joke, every single reference, every single weird thing that pops up. The villains in that movie are incredible. I wanted to just see them, like, the whole time. Not even just all the cool Spider-Manly stuff. Just the places that movie went, literally and storyline-wise. Like I've said, 
One of my favorite things about Into the Spider-Verse was just that Miles Morales character. I don't know that, didn't know that character at all going into that. I just, I fell in love with that character. He's so fun and, and he's got a zest for life and stuff. I talked about it with the games and everything too. So hanging out with that character again in this wild, insane, beautifully visually stunning movie was just great. It was awesome. Incredibly great. On the video game front, been playing for Spoken, trying to finish the Platinum in that. I'm three or four, maybe it's four or five actual trophies away. Some of them are just pick up the last two of this over here, pick up the last one of that over there. The one that's going to take some time is level up and upgrade all the spells, which I'm probably 75% of the way through, but some of those do take a while to level up. But that's just been fun. Running around that world, discovering stuff, uncovering all the Fog of War areas like I talked about last time, and just finding incredible things that I didn't even know existed. Like, I just went through this... Oh, God. I should I should save it for the Whatcha Plan, but I just went on this giant, crazy hike in the middle of a breakstorm, trying to desperately find things to cling onto, to jump onto, as just monsters are constantly spawning and constantly spawning, and at the end of it, you find a giant beast. Oh, it's so great. So wonderful. Just did that last night. Also been playing Midnight Suns, and I'm torn. Because I so desperately wanted to 100% complete that game, get all the all the Steam achievements, do all that stuff. And it's possible. I'm only like 20 or so away, and most of them I can get just to, by doing what I'm doing. But then I realized some of the achievements that I should have, I don't have, because they're bugged. But they did just release an update today that says it fixed a bunch of bugged achievements. So if I go in there and they all pop, maybe I will complete it. If they don't, maybe I'll just go, ah, okay, we're just going to bust through and play. Because I was torn. I really want to do it, but I should just bust through and finish it. Because I could probably do that in less than 10 hours. And this might take more than that. But who knows? But, but all that, one or both of those could have been done by now. But what threw it all in a bin was Street Fighter VI. And I won't stay too long on it because I've been, I've been gabbing a little bit. But I went into that world tour mode, and I said to myself, Self, what are you going to do in this world tour mode? Should you make a really cool character that looks all badass? And I went, yeah, I should. But then I went, nah, I shouldn't. I should try and make a character that kind of looks like me. Then it'll kind of be like my character. So I made this dumpy, fat dude. And I went, all right, there he is. This is as close as I'm going to get without spending three hours doing it. It's close enough. And I started playing and, you know, getting in fights on the street, street fighting. I went, man... Some of these characters look really cool. Even just like the regular people. I'm like, man, I could probably make a really cool character. And I looked at myself on the world tour screen and I went, I'll give it one more shot. And if I still feel like I got to remake that character, I'm going to do it. Started playing, found the customization shop where you can redo your body and stuff. You know, your whole, your whole look. Mm. I'm Okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. And every single thing that I changed... It made me sad. And I went, but that's not him anymore. That's, ah. Oh. So I reverted all the changes. And I went, nope, he's going to be, it's going to do my plan. I'll make a guy that looks like me. And as he levels up and progresses in the world tour mode, he'll get a little, a little tighter, a little fitter, a little cooler looking. That's what I've been doing. And that world tour mode is so much fun. It's so much fun. I haven't even played any actual proper Street Fighter at all yet. And it's crazy because I just watched, you know, some trailers for it or stuff. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah, I haven't even seen Cammy yet. I haven't seen Guile. I haven't seen Ryu. I haven't seen, well, I have seen Ken. But I haven't seen any of these, some of these new characters I haven't seen. Oh, yeah, 
they're just sitting right there just waiting. They got the story mode or the arcade mode. You can just play them. But I've been, I've been me going around doing little story stuff. I haven't even <laughs> I haven't heard like any of the music. Like the music that got me so excited, that old school rap kind of feel. Mm-hmm. I only hear that when my character goes and flies around the world because it pops up a little menu and goes, hey, which spot do you want to go to? And that music kicks in and I go, oh, there it is, yeah. But that's again, it's just like two main menu slot, slots over. But the world tour mode has been so much fun. That's been all I've been doing. Like I told Howard, I haven't even played Tears of the Kingdom because I've been having so much fun just playing Street Fighter, just playing Forspoken, just playing Midnight Suns. Everything else has not been touched this week. What have you been touching this week, Eric? Well, I've been touching the earth. I've been touching that grass, as some people say. You know how they tell you to get outside and touch the grass? I actually do. I don't know if it's because I want to, but I do. Okay? I got out there, I tilled that garden, tilled it up, tilled it up, let it sit for days and days. And then I went and bought all the different vegetables, et cetera, that we want. And then early Saturday morning, and early, I mean like 6 o'clock a.m. Saturday morning, I woke up and I went outside while the sun wasn't up on blaring on my head. And I sat there for an hour and 40 minutes planting all the plants. Bloop, 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 All throughout the garden, came inside, showered up, then went back outside had to mow. Finally had a mower that actually works again. So I mowed the entire yard, did all that, came back in, showered again, got two showers in, boom, boom. All right. Then I went and got groceries, did all the chores, man, did all the things. Did you did you take a shower after that? Did you take a shower? No, I didn't take a shower. No, just continue the story. Yeah, I took another okay. shower. Yeah, I took yeah, another yeah. shower. No, I went I went and played a game for a little bit. Now, you might think it was Diablo. It wasn't. Because it was having this error, man. It was like, hey, can't play this. There's a duplicate error. Even though we paid, you know, Jared, I shouldn't say we, Jared paid the money so, you know, we could get the early access. Okay? Whatever. Not going to deal with this. Went away, came back, played some Octopath Traveler too, Matt. And it was great. I had a great time. I'm still on the Assassin. Loving the story so far. My brother comes in, you know, reveals the big truth about everything, did that whole scenario, moved on, found another character who's wanting to help out, this and that. Story-wise, everything's just so much fun, really cool. Uh, Progression-wise, having a good time, still very early on, haven't got very far, but I got a good hour in there. Popped off, did some more stuff, Matt. And then here's the big thing. Here's the thing that really kind of screwed me over. Came back downstairs. I went, all right. It's got to be working now. Diablo 2 has got to be up and running. Duplicate license error, blah, blah, blah. Why is it still down? Everybody's playing. PC's playing. Xbox playing. Jared's playing. Do some research. Oh, yeah, yeah. If uh, somebody else bought the copy and you share accounts, you can't actually get on the early access. You can't do it. This isn't happening to me right now. So I went and spent $100 and so I could play for the next three days before the game came out. Naturally. That's what one does. Like, you know, normal people, that's what they would do, right, Matt? Correct, yes. Yes, yes, correct. That's what a normal person does is spends $100 so they can play a game for three more days than everybody else. That's what a true gamer would do, Eric. That is what a true gamer would do. Now, you always try and say we're not true gamers, but look what I you know. did. You but look did what a true, I did. You, you pulled a true I gamer did. move. I pulled. That's an irresponsible adult move, but it is a true game. What move. are you talking about? <laughs> Come on. And it was worth it. It was it was worth it, Matt, I'll tell you. Woo, boy. 
chicka 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 I'm just gaming. I get I that one night alone, I got like three fourths of the way through that entire demo beta, you know, period. Got as far as I could go before I was just tired. And literally, once again, as is usual, fell asleep in my chair, woke up at like midnight or so. I'm like, oh man, god damn it. Had to crawl to bed and go to sleep. Didn't get to it Sunday. Had friends over like all day long. Got about an hour in then. Was like, swear to God, man, I'm getting past the beta into the new stuff. Didn't quite get there. Had a really short time with it. Then just the other day, I went, all right, for realsies, I'm going to get past the beta. Didn't do it. Got sidetracked with another dungeon. Here we are today. I am still not past where I was in the beta in this dang game. And I've got something like 35 hours in this game. And I'm not even past the beta. Oh, it's terrible, but wonderful on both ends. You know what I mean? I'm getting my money out of this game. That's for sure. I even got to the best part of the game, which is endgame and looting and doing the dungeons and getting the specs right and doing all the things and finding all the... I haven't even got to it. I haven't even got past Act 1. There's six acts, Matt. Six. I'm in Act 1. I haven't even got past the beta portion of it. And I'm like 30-something hours in. Because like I told you, I went nuts. I went nuts that one night. Went crazy. And then it's been like just tons of little micro spots of me playing and playing. I think it's a lie, though. Because I think there was one time where I was playing. I got called upstairs. And then it just like stayed on for, I don't know, however long it stayed on for a couple times. So what you're telling whatever. me is you woke up Saturday morning and you were playing it and you went, oh, crap, i got to go plant stuff. In well, the there's that one, too. <laughs> there's that one, too, though, where I fell asleep. It was probably out for – I'm probably sure because I had the controller in my hand, so I'm probably just sitting here sleeping, just moving it around and just playing yeah, online yeah, for yeah. like three extra hours. You know, who knows? So it ain't quite true that that's how long I've played. But either way, it's uh, been a great value so far. Diablo 4 is everything it should be. They really uh, nailed this game. Uh, everything you know about Diablo, they've got it in here. They fulfilled the mark. The loot's there. The grind is there. The enemies are there. The story is there. The cinematics are there. The music is there. If you like Diablo at all, there's pretty much no way you're not going to like this game at all. Such a fantastic time. Can't wait to get on. In fact, it's probably what I'll play tonight, assuming you know I don't pass out or something. But beyond that, that's pretty much all I've done, You know, besides work and then... Uh, be here tonight. Here we are. We made it. It's Thursday. Speaking of things you can't wait to play, bam, I have it here in my hot little hands. It's We Love Katamari Reroll and Royal Reverie. Boom. It's here. It apparently came out on the 2nd, so on like Friday of last week, even though my pre-order copy only came on Tuesday, so that doesn't make any sense. But maybe it was early access for PC players. I don't know. Developed by MonkeyCraft, published by Bandai Namco. Strapped for PC, PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch, which I didn't know about. I figured it was a Switch-only game, just like the last one was. So that's where I got it from. And I went, oh, I could get achievements and stuff everywhere else. Oh, well, that's fine. Because I do love Katamari. We love Katamari. Everybody loves Katamari. If you love Katamari Damacy, you need to play We Love Katamari, which was the follow-up on the PS2. Now it's been remastered, re-shined up. Like I said with Katamari Damacy Reroll, it's a very signature art style. And this is that as good as it's going to look in a remastered format on your Switch or modern day console. There's not much for me to say. If you like Katamari Damacy, you probably already have this because it's such a niche game. But this is the game where you have a little Katamari, a little bumpy ball, and you play as this little tiny, the prince of all cosmos, little tiny prince. You push it around and you start, you always start small. 
at the start of every game, you're very small. You're like the size of tiny, tiny things in a room. And your job for that stage is to build up your Katamari to a certain width. So you go around picking up even smaller stuff than you. You're picking up little like shogi tiles. If you're in a Japanese room, you're picking up little flower petals off the floor. And as you get more things adhered to your Katamari, it gets bigger and bigger, which allows you to pick up bigger and bigger things. Now you're picking up pens. Now you're picking up erasers. Now you're picking up batteries off the floor. And it's getting bigger, 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 bigger. And you go around and you collect everything. There's presents in certain levels. There's other cousins that you can play as. And it's just a beautiful sense of scale and wonder. If you've never played a Katamari Damacy game before, it kind of blows your mind the first time when you get big enough to start rolling up the big stuff that was towering over you at the start of the level. And now you're gobbling up the people that are in the room. Now you're knocking down the doors and going outside. And now you're big enough to start rolling up cars and houses Later in the game, you're rolling up whole subdivisions, you're rolling up trees, you're rolling up hills and mountains and like weather formations. It's wonderful. And it's all spread around tons and tons of different levels. And each level has really nice pathing as you go through it because you think, oh, you're just rolling up a bunch of junk. But a lot of it is set up in certain ways. If you follow the little shogi tiles, like tick, 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 if you get all of them, it kind of leads you naturally into the batteries, into the pencil erasers, into this, 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 and this. It's just a ton of fun. If you like goofy Japanese humor, if you like goofy Japanese kind of J-pop tunes, especially from that PS2 era, you know the kind I'm talking about. You're going to love this game. This game, These games are like nothing else. I can't wait for the next one. Even if they do just remaster Beautiful Katamari or Katamari Forever, I will 100% get that because I love the series. I love these games. I love the music. These games are like nothing else. I really hope they make a new one. That's what all the reviews have been saying. We really love this. But we want a fully next-gen one. But these are definitely good enough. Because these two games, with Katamari Damacy Reroll and We Love Katamari Reroll, they're both fantastic. This is the newest, hottest one. You get a little prequel story where you play as the king in his childhood days. A few more levels. And I've heard those are actually really well done, too. So if you love Katamari, like I do, you gotta get We Love Katamari Reroll and Royal Reverie. And have yourself a great time. You want to have a great time over there. I want to have a terrifying time, Matt. I want to be scared. I want to hate myself for playing such a game. And that game is Amnesia the Bunker. It's out as of June 6th. So right now as you're listening to us, you can go buy this on the Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. It is a wonderful single-player game based way back before Amnesia the original. It's based in like World War One. You're a soldier. You get locked inside this bunker. You're trying to get out. And there is this beast, they call the beast, who roams around, nemesis style, this time around, hunting you down. And you got this old school flashlight that makes a bunch of noise when you try to crank it up. You've got another means of light. You've got a revolver. You get some grenades here and there and some flares. And you got to try to get the hell out. What's really cool about this one is early on, you get like the entire map of this bunker given to you. So you know where everything is. But things are locked. You can't get in all sorts of different places. So now you have to, in this super dark, scary, terrifying environment, while being hunted actively, alien isolation style, you know, nemesis style, by this creature, find a way to get the hell out, utilizing all the different rooms, all the different doors, solving puzzles, finding keys, doing all the stuff you imagine you're going to do in this environment to survive and escape. And any noise you make, anytime you crank that little, like, the beast is alerted to the sound and comes and gets you. You knock over a chair, it comes after you. You shoot the revolver, it's coming after you. 
all that just keeps ramping up. And then you have to go run and hide, much like Alien Isolation. You got to go under tables, into lockers, doing whatever you got to do to not get eaten and just brutally murdered by said beast. It's definitely a different take because usually it's a bunch of different baddies patrolling around and you're, and you're going through different sections and stuff. This one is more just here's here's your environment. You play in it and keep on going all over as needed to find the different clues and find the different parts and pieces to get you to the next door, to the next door, to the next door to get out. It looks like a lot of fun. I really want to get a hold of this one. I've been wanting to play a scary like survival horror type game for a while now. Last one, you know, I had Dead Space, but Dead Space was kind of a cheat because I'd already played that game several times. I knew every nook and cranny and how to play the game. So while it was amazing, I want something fresh, something that's going to scare me again, something that's going to keep me tense because I have no flipping clue what's going to happen. So maybe this is the title for me. Maybe. Or maybe I just wait and me and Matt will still play the Outlast uh, Trials game together when it comes on to the PlayStation 5. Who knows? This looks amazing, though. If you're into those types of games, you got to check this one out because it does look like a lot of fun. I'm with you on this one. I've heard a little bit about it. I watched a little bit about it, and I went, man, you know, walking around, trying to sneak around, creep around in a creepy old World War I bunker. Just that environment sounds cool, let alone, of course, it's a creepy, scary horror game. So every time you creak open the creaky locker, you got to look around, look around. Listen, listen. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It sounds like fun. Yeah, I, I totally think I'd enjoy it. I don't know if I can get my hands on it. We'll see. But I think you should. If you got time out there and you're not like us, packed with all these games and just going nuts all the time, this might be right up your alley. And if you do get that, you better start playing them fast because the games are going to start coming hot and heavy in the second half of the year. Because right now, as we're recording this, they're still announcing more games. We just watched the Summer Games Fest. I watched like two things off of the Day of the Devs. And right now... Still going out as Day of the Dead. Still going. Then there's going to be the Devolver Direct. More and more and more games. I wrote it down. I changed the wording in the show notes to Summer Games Feast. Because it's going to be feast for the eyes, for the ears, for the pocketbooks. Or a reverse feast. You know what I'm saying. Summer Games Fest hit. I wrote down two whole pages of notes. I wrote down everything. So I'd know what we're talking about. But we got it. There you go. Hell yeah. Two pages of notes, Jones. And I got to say, just for me, the first half, I only got three stars on here. I got some underlines, but I only got three stars. The second half, stars exploded everywhere. So start off with something you liked, Eric, and I'll piggyback on stuff I liked. It'll be great. How it's, This is an easy one. You threw it to me so so simple. The very first title shown, man. Correct. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. Yes. God, that looked amazing. Uh-huh. I, I was expecting some kind of janky Prince of Persia remake, which they've been, you know, it's had so much trouble and so much, you know, mud going. And instead I got this and I went, oh my God. Oh, thank the, thank the Lord. I did a little dance in my chair. I thought the exact same thing because they showed the guy and I went, that can't be what the prince looks like in the Prince of Persia remake. Don't let this be the Prince of Persia remake because that's not what it looks like. It's not at all. And then it was a totally brand new game. And just like you, I did the dance in my chair. I wrote it down. I underlined it. I started. And I went, man, this is going to be a great showcase because you're starting off hot and I'm just going to be eating every single thing that's popping up. But this did look incredible. It just uh, that. 2D, stylish, moving and jumping and attacking action. It reminded me of like Metroid Dread. That's what I wrote down. They said they took heavy inspiration from Metroid Hell when yeah. making this title. And it's the team that did Rayman Legends. So 
they already make fantastic games. They know how to do the side-scrolling type issues, and it shows. Every The graphics in this were looking phenomenal. The the movement and everything going, the precision that came with all that, the bad guys the, uh, the prince was fighting, it had me just hyped all around. The co- It was just so colorful in nature. You know, I mean, I, I was stoked. So the way the, the, the traps and obstacles you had to avoid were swinging in and out of the levels. Mm-hmm. I don't know, for some reason, that just tickled my fancy. Uh, you said it. The combat looked awesome. The traversal looked awesome. The colors, the characters, the style of everything. Just the style of the trailer, too. It got me hyped. It was that cool, like, modern music for this olden days Prince of Persia type stuff. Man, it looked great. Another thing that looked great, much later in the show, my, my next star was Sandland. Was the mysterious, what kind of is it kind of a game, but with art by Akira Toriyama, the Dragon Ball guy, the Chrono Trigger guy, the Dragon Quest guy. And this was that, I'm assuming, some kind of action RPG out in this desert world where there's an old man and like a demon prince, and you're riding around in a tank that turns into a mech, and then you're fighting as the demon prince. I don't know much about it. They didn't show much about it. They did show a little bit of gameplay, though, but... For some reason, seeing that Akira Toriyama art style and this desert world, I was just like, you know what? I haven't played anything with that art style in a long, long, long time because I never played the Dragon Quest games. So seeing that and seeing this, oh, what's it called? That that RPG with the tanks, Metal, not Metal Slug. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, metal Slug was the only one that kept going in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but it has that Metal Slug kind of art style with the tanks, the kind of like chibi tanks, chibi mechs. Mm-hmm. And so that... I don't know. It just struck a chord and I went, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to put this on my list. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to wish list it and see what comes of it because that, that art style is really charming and just, I don't know, everything about it, I put a star next to it. I liked it. So you jumped so far ahead, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so I guess I'm going to have to do a bunch of quick hits here. All right. So Mortal Kombat 1, they did a brand new trailer for that, really showcasing some stuff. I won't go deep. I'm not going to get Mortal Kombat 1. I don't play fighting games. We all know the deal. But that trailer was fantastic. It looked absolutely mind-bogglingly gorgeous. This game looks phenomenal. And the the, uh, the fatalities and, and just the, the switch up of how like Sub-Zero and Scorpion are brothers and friends now. And this, and how you're... Oh, that was so freaking cool. And then the they had the tag teams now. So you get to pick like your, your side character who just comes in and, and actually gives you a couple extra moves to utilize while you're doing combos and stuff. Flippin' cool, man. I will say, if you are a Mortal Kombat guy, which I am not, it's too, like, light and floaty and bouncy and juggly for me. But the story parts of it are what got me the most excited. Where, like, Liu Kang is now Raiden, essentially, and Raiden is like a trainee dude. Like a trainee. Who's underneath him. Yeah. yeah, like you said, Scorpion and Sub-Zero are totally cool with each other. And the tag team people who... He explained it later because Ed Boon came on stage and like, oh, hey, you just hit the tag team button. You hit up to do this and left to do this and boom, 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 boom. And it's just a nice, simple way to do tag teams or assists. I still will never play this game. It's not my kind of game. But it was cool. But it looked really cool. It was hype and it was fun. That's why I mentioned it. Path of Exile 2, real quick. Didn't even know that was being made. Had no clue. I love Diablo. Don't get me wrong. I felt that this might be too early just because Diablo just hit. And But they did it very clearly say, hey... If you like Diablo and you end up enjoying Diablo 4, come on over and check us out because Path of Exile is a really cool top-down, you know, looter-type game just like Diablo is, but it's got a lot more uh, grid system to it and a lot more in-depth minutia going on. So just basically more grindy if that's what you're into. So I was excited about that. The Exile Primal Street Fighter 6 collab, man. I mean, I'm not going to play Street Fighter. You do. So I'm surprised you at least didn't mention it. Exile Primal actually looks pretty good, man. I think... 
I think that's a sleeper game that's going to be pretty dang good, and it's going to get rolled over, though. Well, here, I, I got a lot of stuff underlined, but I didn't star it. So I jumped straight mm-hmm. from star to star, but that is one thing I had underlined because, like I said, Exoprimal has that weird, like, you should play this Earth Defense kind of vibe to it. So then having Street Fighter Six crossover to it, if if I do end up playing Exoprimal, I will obviously get this and play this. So it is underlined, and it made me smile. Gotcha. All right. And then Nicolas Cage. How can you not think of our buddy James? Nicolas Cage comes out, and he actually knew what he was talking about. Yeah, yeah. He was re- referencing the hooks. He was referencing playing, you know, hide and seek. How you're trying to survive and let the one person get you. Working as a team. If he didn't know, at least whoever talked to him and gave him his script to memorize and learn did a good job. Because he, he really, he kind of, he you know, he had the hooks in there. And, and then he even had a human moment where, like you said, the allergies, and he's over here just uh, like coughing. He's like, God bless. All right. Sorry, man. <laughs> well, see, I, I like that too, but I wrote down next to it, didn't we know this was happening already? We did. I don't know why or how, but it, it already leaked. Because, yeah, people were saying, oh, Nicolas Cage is in, and you know that he's so crazy because you don't know if he's going to be a killer or a survivor. Like, I remember that from a week ago. Yeah. So I was like, why is this a, a big why reveal? Why is it a reveal? Yeah. It was kind of strange. But it was it was a cool thing. Obviously, I love Nick Cage, and mm-hmm. I wanted to text James and be like, Nick Cage is in this game, but it's a game he'll never play, so it and doesn't really And it was really Nick matter. Cage being Nick Cage. You know, yeah, he was yeah. he was doing the Nick Cage thing, you know, yeah, being yeah. eloquent and weird and stuff, and I appreciated that. And then, Matt, how is this not a star? I even put lols, 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 which fire September 20th, 2023. It's a game that doesn't exist, but it's coming. It's coming. Well, I I wrote it down, obviously, but the reason I didn't want to mention anything is because that was a bad trailer. That feels like we just watched a trailer a couple months ago. That was way better. Yeah, like literally right after they had made the change or right before they were going to make the change to go open world instead of level-based. And it was full of action and spell effects and all kinds of good stuff. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this trailer we saw was like the first reveal trailer. Like it went back to just, hey, look, there's a guy. Look, it's another scene with two dudes. It's Witchfire. If the game exists and is good, I'll still be hyped for that's it. That's what I'm. That's why I had it. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. like, this is the game that just comes and then it just goes off, and then like nine months later, like, what is that? When the Bulletstorm people supposed to be doing something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's that game called? Witch, Mitch Magic, Mike Magic, Fire. Magic. What? Which fire? That's it. (laughs) (laughs) So I couldn't help but say it. And uh, the Sonic Superstars, pretty cool, you know. I I, I might play that one. It actually looks really cool. I was going to say that. I was going to go back because that one is underlined. Mm -hmm. Because I like 2D Sonics and the fact that you can have all the different characters and also have them in co-op. So like literally it looked like you and I could play as Sonic and Tails or whoever, but like having the different powers that let you do different stuff, like bringing in Amy so she could destroy the blocks so Sonic could go running through. And then the, the weird elemental powers, like I don't know how well that's going to work in a Sonic game, mm-hmm. but like he turned into water and was blooping around and swimming up the waterfall and all kinds of other stuff. So I'm excited to see that. Maybe I'll play it, maybe I won't, but it was it was good enough to be underlined. It's at least interesting. But it's only local co-op, so that's oh, a complete bummer, bogus. which totally throws out an idea of me and you playing, so that's that, that part really sucked. But it looked really good nonetheless. Honkai Star Rail coming to PS5, you know, it, it, 
it's like a Genshin Impact, but an actual RPG. I don't know if you're really familiar with how that the game goes, but I think I had heard it before. I was like, if this is actually more turn-based RPG-like, it is. Maybe, maybe. So I wrote it down. It's obviously one they're never going to stop showing off. Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm going to forget about it. But it's one I went. Well, it piques my interest more than it did before when it was just kind of out for PC and mobile, and and that's why I got interested because I was like, it's on PC. I'm not going to realistically stick to it. We've had this discussion a million times. If it ain't on PS5, I'm probably not sticking to it. So this is the perfect moment. Hey, it's coming to PS5 later this year. I went, perfect. That's where I'm going to play it because I who doesn't want a really cool anime-centric JRPG? I do. I know I do. And, of course, I don't even have to rely on it being hopefully good. It's amazing. Everybody says it's freaking five stars out of five stars amazing. So I'm walking straight into a great game, and it's going to be revised through all the different PC iterations. So... Even better for me. And then last but not least, to catch us back up, Lies of P, Matt. The demo's out right now. You can yeah. go check it out. You know, you want that Souls game. This might be the Souls game. Give up on the Dark Souls you were messing with. You're not vibing with it. You're never going to finish <laughs> it. Go get the demo for Lies of P and give that a shot. Everyone's got a lot of hopes, you know, kind of riding on this one. And a lot of people say it looks pretty good and feels pretty good. Feels really Souls-like, which may be actually bad since you're not vibing with Dark Souls. I don't know. But I at least can go get this demo, and that was exciting. Yeah, I, I did write it down for that reason. I didn't put a star next to it because the trailer didn't blow me away. But the fact that a demo is out, we've talked about it a million times on the show. Release more demos because that's what gets people excited for the game or at least gets them knowledgeable as to what this game actually is. That's what got me into Forspoken was that awesome demo. So I'm going to check out this demo. I'm going to try it out. Next, underlined one. I was going to skip it because I know you're going to talk about it. And I'm going to talk about it, too, and we're both going to play it. It's Alan Wake 2. Oh, my God. The only thing is the the gameplay they showed was basically shown in the trailer, which they showed again. So I wasn't, like, super up, super up in Jazzin, except for, except for the very end of the gameplay snippet when weird stuff was going on and she opened up the thing and the lights and the, the that, that. The the only difference was it was real video of the gameplay, whereas in the trailer it was it was that moment, but it was know, just the moment of him bursting through. You got to see her, you know, looking around cautiously, actually going into the house, the deer busting through, and then him busting through, and I was just amazed. It it looked gorgeous first off. Secondly, it definitely had that survival horror vibe. Yeah. Instead of just more of an action, you know, action RPG type game or whatever. And then on top of it all, like you just said, that when she was looking at the chest and like the light thing strobed up, between the gunplay and that, it they took a lot of lessons from control and, it, and they're kind of blending them into this. And that has me like on cloud nine right now because I'm like, man, survival horror plus the controls and the movement and the feel that I got from control coming into this. This is, I'm so stoked right now. I liked the trailer, but it was just, I wanted to see something brand new, and it was kind of yeah. pieces of the stuff we'd seen before. We'd seen before. But what I really like, too, is the the way the flashlight seems to interact with, like, the chest and the character when she showed it on the bad guy. It had, like, a, it felt meaty. Like, you're shining light on something, but it felt impactful and, like, Psh! You know, I like the the way it kind of exploded the darkness off of both of those things. It's not just like a shh, and it goes you know, away. Mm-hmm. It felt Alan Wakey. That felt impactful in that game from 13 years ago when I last played it. I remember that. So, I don't know. It felt like a good melding of everything. So I'm excited for it, but I felt like they could have done even more to make me even yeah, more Yeah, I would excited. have loved to have seen a snippet from a different environment. Yeah. 
added to that. Or something that Alan is doing. Or Alan's up to, yeah. yeah. Just a quick moment. I think they're really trying to hide anything of Alan's, though. Yeah. But I do got to mention, since you just mentioned Alan, I also love the fact, that we already knew there was two protagonists, you mm-hmm. know, her and then Alan, but we didn't know for sure how that would play out. And you can apparently be able, you can go from one-to-one almost whenever you want intermittently, and you can just choose to play through basically one all the way to the near end and then go back and do the other. However you want to do that, that's fine. And it just reminded me of 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim, you mm-hmm. know, you can choose to go through a whole chunk of character or just kind of minimal, minimal all the way through. That really has me stoked. I can't wait to see how it plays out and like how I play it versus like you or somebody else. And especially if they have two different styles, like you can tell she's kind of like the more traditional Alan Wake combat style. She's got the flashlight, she's got the gun. What is Alan Wake doing? Is his gameplay segment, is Way his more gameplay dark. style, like traditional survival horror? He doesn't have any weapons. Is he trying to, you know, manipulate things in the world, like control style? Who knows? Yeah, I'm imagining he's going to be in the Silent Hill portion mm-hmm. or the medium, the dark medium side, you know, that warped world. Yeah, and yeah. he's going to have to use his writing to, to manipulate stuff and get out of scary environments and, and, and predicaments, whereas she's going to be, you know, like you said, the classic. More reality-based, yeah. Yeah. Shooting the gun, going through the areas, trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So, mm. I'm, I'm I can't wait for this game. Before we go past that, I'll mention one that's before that was Warhaven. Now, I was gonna just skip this one because I, I honestly was already blurring. My eyes were blurring. I was kind of like, you know, there's a little. It was kind of like a little mid section of just stuff I didn't really care about. Uh-huh. And then I didn't even care about this one at first start. It was you know two two medieval fighters. Burr, burr, burr. One fell off a. Uh, siding of the castle or whatever, and then he, the, but when the healer rezzed him, and he was running back up with a healer, all of a sudden I went, wait a minute, that's kind of cool. What's this? I thought it was like For Honor Part Two or DLC or something oh, yeah, for some. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, like I said, I was, I was, my eyes were glazed. <laughs> I'm just like, what is this crap I'm watching right now? But then it started showing all these players battling each other out. One side had this, the, your, your side had this, and you were trying to get dominance over this, you know, castle, you know, top end or whatever. And just going back and forth with your healers, your quick end melees, your archers, your heavies. It's multiplayer. And I'm like, man, this this looks pretty dang cool. I don't know. I don't know what it's for. I don't know anything about it because I didn't pay attention. But I got to mention Warhaven because it was good enough in a whole chunk of stuff that had me kind of just glazing over to make me pay attention again. So I got to give it a little bit of props. I don't know much else about it, but the whole multi-player you know, player battling it out in a medieval fashion, going to town with healers, you know, ranged, all that good stuff that you always come up with. Look neat. I don't know. Look cool. I, I will stay cautiously optimistic, but I wrote down the two words for this game, medieval mess, because there were too many players. Like every single scene was a guy running up to 40 dudes all in a wad, like Battle of the Bastards, mm-hmm. and then like attacking the back. And I went, that's, there's too many players. It's too much, or at least what they're showing. It's like... There's no way to parse it. Like you said, mm. there's healers, there's archers, there's this stuff. But what I'm seeing is just... <laughs> so we'll see what happens with it. It has potential is what I'll say. Mm-hmm. And then moving on, I'm going to go up to Yes, Your Grace Snowfall, which was that pixel art. You're a king and you're making decisions and then shows them like out in battle and then bad stuff is happening. I think Yes, Your Grace has been on my Steam wish list for a while. So I don't know if this is a sequel or just DLC to that game, but... Actually seeing it in action on my big, beautiful monitor, I went, yeah, I really do need to get into that game because I love 
I love the art style. The lighting is really good in that, too. I don't know how these pixel art games have such awesome lighting lately. We've been talking about it for years. Mm-hmm. But just having those those consequences. Yeah, yeah, I can spend resources to help out this guy, but that means I don't have enough resources to help out the next person who needs something. So that's going to make this part of the kingdom suffer. Pulling all the strings in that. I got to get into that either the base game or the prequel before this DLC or sequel comes out because it got me jazzed up. Yeah, that one did look cool. A lot of beheadings were going on. I was yeah, like, true. what the hell's going on? Why, is, why are all these people dying? Like surprisingly brutal. Yeah. And then it had it had me reminded of uh, Replaced or whatever mm-hmm. that game was mm-hmm. we were looking forward to. That I have no idea when it's coming out anymore. But The Last Night and Replaced, the two pixel art beautiful lighting <laughs> games. Where the <laughs> hell are they? Anyway. Where are they going? But I'll go back one step to Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's such a weird relationship I have with the four, the Warhammer games. Cause first off, there's like 10 of them every year. Mm-hmm. Most of them aren't that great. But every year I watch one or two of them and I go, oh, that's a for sure buy. This thing looks gorgeous. It looks amazing. And this was another one where I'm like, this looks flipping cool, man. I want to be in here murdering these fools, having a great time. And I mean, to your point, uh, Warhammer 40K, uh, Bolt Gun, Bolt Gunner yeah, just Bolt came Gun, out a few. Yep. That's another mm-hmm. one that's like, oh, yeah, I should probably get that because it looks really fun. I wrote this one down too. I didn't underline it because, I mean, there is co op. So, in theory, if it's really cool, you and I could play it. But I, just, I didn't get jazzed up because it was just a little bit extended from the last reveal trailer mm-hmm. that we saw. That's true. But it does still look cool. It did look cool. And the first one apparently was awesome. Yeah, and this one looked cool too. And then to tie it in to be another quickie here is the John Carpenter Toxic Commando. Mm-hmm. I went, well, John Carpenter's cool. He's put out a lot of good horror movies out in his, in his day. And then this went into beat, and they're in the car, and they're just talking back and forth, being whatever. And then they all just bust in and start singing the song together, mm-hmm. and then just mowing down baddies. And I'm like, this is this is drunken fun. Yeah, yeah drink beers and we mow down baddies in all the weirdest, craziest ways, this could be a game that's good or it could be a game that's complete trash and sucks. I hope it's the first. We'll see. But I had to mention it because John Carpenter doing a game is just strange. Yeah, I didn't expect to see that at all. So I was glad to see it, and I I really wish it the best because maybe that's a game we can actually you know play and drink beers again with. It was one of those up and down ones for me because I looked at it and I was like, oh, zombies, big gory zombies, that's not really my kind of thing. But then thinking about probably each of those characters has a specialized class because we did see some specialized weapons mm-hmm. in there. And I was like, you know, if it's just me and Eric just blowing stuff away and having a great time and drinking beers and having fun, I could probably put the gross zombie part of my brain away and it's like ah, ha, ha, ha. And when you go down underneath the zombies and i see all your limbs flying apart i'll go and then i'll die too and it'll be great mm-hmm. it'll just be stupid fun and i loved i loved the mass zombie fat part of that where mm-hmm. it's just raking down tons of them it gave me the gave me what days gone kind of like initially first was kind of trying to sell you where you're gonna have millions of zombies always after you and you were just trying to escape and survive and this kind of gave me that feeling too, but more with the Gears of War vibe, you know, big chunky characters, yeah, big yeah. giant weapons. So a mix of those two, I'll keep an eye on it. And then right after that, it's a game now I have to be sold on. We're kind of like if and here and there, and we're both kind of hyped for it. Baldur's Gate 3. They didn't show like a bunch of gameplay or a bunch of anything, but just watching, you know, the, they showed an actor who plays a new character, and they showed the realm that he's in and the character that he's in. We've said it before when we're talking about Baldur's Gate. I have a need for like a true traditional fantasy RPG with like demons and humans and apparently now like mech type people, like magical mech type people. But just seeing that dude acting, a British guy speaking in imperious terms to a person who looks like a demon and probably yelling about orcs and dwarves and elves and whatever. And I was like, I 
I have to get this. I'm just going to have to get it because it's going to fill that Dragon Age niche that I haven't had for years now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a new Dragon Age coming, but who knows when or where or whatever. But I was like, you know, I, I have to get this because that that burning need for a traditional medieval fantasy RPG, this is going to fill it. And it's going to be like 100 million hours, I'm sure, and plus have DLCs and expansions and whatever. So that's that's got a star next to it. I'm just going to have to get Baldur's Gate 3 when and wherever I can because it's just, I feel it. It's in my veins. I got to have it. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a RPG junkie. I'm an old school D&D guy too. It's a no-brainer. Got to have. I didn't need to see any more on it. I'm just going to get it because you just have to. And you know it's going to be good. They're always good. I just wish it would come out. I feel like it's another one of those games where I'm just like, okay, yeah, you exist. You've existed for I don't know how long. I mean, whatever. Just give me a give me the date, give me the time, and just be here so I can play you and be done with this. I'm tired of seeing it. I want to stop being hyped. I want to just know mm-hmm. that in October that's going to come out so I can just, yep, it's coming. I have it pre-ordered and it's ready to go. Speaking of October pre-orders ready to go, next up Spider-Man 2. They didn't show much new. They didn't talk about much new, but they talked about the release date, October 20th. So hopefully it'll actually go up for pre-orders because I've been looking ever since the PlayStation Showcase. I've been, I need to pre-order it and I need to get it. It's not for sale anywhere. Not for pre-order for nothing. So maybe now in like a week or two, pre-orders actually go up and I can do it and I can make it happen and I can play Spider-Man before this and then have a great time. And, of course, you're looking forward to that, Matt. But before you get to have that big game you're looking for, August 31st is the speculated Boulder's Gate release date right now. No, oh, so. I didn't even know that. Okay, so, yes, it does have a release date. It's speculated oh, for you're August right. 31st. No, yeah, they did say specifically in August. Why didn't I write it down? What the hell is wrong with me? I don't know. <laughs> I just I just wrote down the word yum. That's all I, I thought wrote you down. were going to catch it. No. And then I you went out to Spider-Man. So I was like, well, I got to backtrack just in case. So people are like, hey, guys, you did realize it said August 31st. I That's know, my bad. Yeah, he did say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, yes, that one is coming out. You'll get to play that before Spider-Man 2, which I know you're looking forward to a whole bunch. With that being said, though, this is where I got to skip a few. I'm like, well, you know, this one wasn't this one. But I won't go too far. I'm only mentioning this because I have to. I don't know. FF7 Ever Crisis. Mm-hmm. It's a phone game. Yeah. I hate my phone. I hate phones. I don't like them. I don't want to touch it. But this looks cool. Mm-hmm. It's like a retelling of FF7, but it, it combines Crisis Core and it just combines all sorts of side stories all together into this one cohesive, huge story of FF7. And they spruce up the characters to look really cool and unique. And, you know, Cloud's got all sorts of really cool swords and, you know, like he usually does. I'm stoked. I, I kind of want to do this. I want to get in on this, but it's for the phone. Ugh. And I remember us talking about this because it got revealed like years upon, yeah, I feel like years ago, ago now. And we wrote it down just because having Final Fantasy VII in kind of a new graphical style, new kind of stuff in any kind of way is really fun. And I, I was hyped for it then. I'm hyped for it now. I'm not a phone gamer either. I, I play stuff on my phone for like a week and then I stop playing it forever. But all the additional stuff in there. And then the fact that obviously outside of battle, you have kind of like cutesy characters, not, not chibi, but kind of cutesy style. Mm -hmm. But then those battle segments, like those characters looked shockingly, amazingly good. Mm -hmm. I was like, Holy cow. Even just, even if they were just stick figures outside of battle, I would play this just to see these battle animations. That looks insane. Yeah. It was looking really cool, and then I loved the the system where they had them going to different locations and how that was looking on the menu, and the fight with Efrit and whatnot. And I'm like, man, 
this looks good. I, I don't know. I, I gotta I gotta keep it on the watch list. I might have to this might be the first phone game that I play. Maybe. So on the second page, Spider-Man 2 got a star, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis got a star. Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden got two stars. This is the game I was excited about when it first got revealed when there was no gameplay whatsoever. And it was just a story-based trailer about the, the dude and obviously his dead wife. And they go and help people deal with the ghosts and deal with losses. But now you actually see gameplay of it and it looks like what is it, Shadows of Mordor, mm -hmm. where she's in like the ghostly realm doing ghostly abilities, and he's in the physical realm doing physical abilities, and it showed you could even swap, like not even in battle, but swap, and then she saw like the town as it was, like back in the day, like people with the tricorner hats and stuff, and they swapped back to him, and everything was ruined and dead and disgusting, and then the fact that you could go, and you obviously had the narrative choice of, here's a person who suffered a loss or, you know, whatever, there's a ghost haunting their house. All right, do you banish the ghost and help out the person who's there, or do you not, because you can have them stay together and connected, just like you are? I definitely hear what you're saying, man. I loved the entire uh, the optional, you know, view of just, hey, do you screw over the ghost? Or do you screw over the people living, you know, or do you banish them? Do you not banish them? And then, of course, there were just some baddies and, you know, that were just straight up bad and you're getting rid of them. I love that whole dynamic of you getting to choose. This was a game that I didn't really know much about or don't remember much about, but was excited to see it pop up here. And I'm definitely interested. You know, Don't Nod's making it, so pretty cool, pretty solid. The narrative possibilities were there just from the reveal trailer, but now seeing it in person, like you said, there's literally bad ghosts you have to deal with somehow. It just looked incredible. I can't wait for it. And I'm just going to jump in because the next one, if that one had two stars, <laughs> the next one has three stars. Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. You know I was going to be hyped for this. Oh, yeah. Somehow it got spoiled on Twitter, but it was here and it made me smile. Spider-Man Kiryu with like his weird whipping abilities and doing all yeah. this stuff. The gizmos and gadgets side where he gets to fight precisely and mm -hmm. like an, a double agent or the pum, you know, pummeler style. Oh, oh my man. God. And just the, even in that like pummeler style, like you said, his, his quick step looked so good. Like it felt like a proper like I'm out, but then I'm right back in. To do, 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 do. Oh, it looks so great. Everything about it looked amazing. I will countenance no slander on this game and even better. Got a release date, November 9th. Pre-ordering it as soon as possible. I'm going to play this 100%. You know I'm going to. That's it. That's all there is to say. So October 20th, Spider-Man 2 bits. Boom. You got 19 days. You'll beat Spider-Man 2 19 <laughs> days, no problem. Throw that one in the garbage can, and then you're popping straight into Like a Dragon, Gaten. All right. This no is, problem, right, Matt? You got this covered, right? This is absolutely going to be a forespoken, like a Dragonetian thing, where I start playing, 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 and then I'm trying to half, 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 and I go, well, I got to drop one, and I'll drop Spider-Man and play through all the way through this, and then I'll come back to Spider-Man and be like, all right, 10 more hours of this, and 30 minutes later, it'll be done, and I'll go, God, I'm so stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's good. It's going to be a great fall. And of course, another one for me, Matt, the Twisted Metal Show. This thing came on, and it was over the wall. It was over the top. Ridiculous. Completely and utterly ridiculous, and I'm on board. I'm on board. I knew, I had a feeling they were going to try to make it like a comedy, kind of weird, like mm -hmm. a dark comedy, but they went straight up with it. Like, they're, they're just, they went, yep, we're embracing the just doesn't make sense, wild nature of this whole thing, and I'm, I'm all about it. That trailer just had me smiling, 
had me wanting to actually check this show out, which I wasn't going to or had no real intention to before. But now, you know what? I got to. I got to go give it a look. And, of course, I have access to Peacock, which is where I think they said it was. So it's a win-win for me. It's one of those halfsy-halfsies. Like, I I was going to watch it at least a little bit because Samoa Joe plays Sweet Tooth, like the body. The body portion. But the the (laughs) fact that he's overdubbed kind of disturbs me, but I was going to watch it just to support anyway. And just because, I mean, it's Twisted Metal. It's a video game show. You have to at least give it a try. It looks like it could be too much, but it could be just right. I don't know. I got to see more of it. But I'm going to dial it back to something else that sold me. It was right after Like a Dragon Gaiden. I don't know much about this, but it was Under the Waves. And it was that guy seemingly completely alone on this underwater station. And I think we've seen this before, maybe just like a cinematic trailer. But he goes out on like a submarine or goes out with a scuba tank. And he's investigating underwater bases and things or whatever's down there. And something's going on. Things are where they should not be. And stuff's getting touched that shouldn't be touched. And what's going on? That kind of like lonely underwater mystery. Something dark happening in this beautiful underwater world something about it spoke to me i put a star next to it i'm going to add it to my wish list and see what happens when it comes out who knows well for me matt besides the only other one you know i'm talking about i got one that was underlined but it's already fading from my memory but the little i remember i'll talk about and that was lisfange oh yeah lisfange lisfanga or whatever it yeah is. it had then it was the time something or mm-hmm. whether yeah 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 it had like a Hades feel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it had the, like the artwork of it all, but it was pretty cool because the, the main character, she's like splitting into different selves of her and like trying to tackle obstacles and things as she was going and then combining back in. And I'm assuming her power differential is different, whether she's split apart or singular and she'll be able to do different things when she has the different forms. This is one of those spots where I should have paid closer attention, but I, I was half in, half out. So I, I as I watched it, I kind of got more interested, but I, it was already too late. You know what I mean? Like, it was already playing through. And I was like, well, that might actually be cool. Because I immediately just turned it off thinking, oh, it's some Hades-type game. And I was like, ah, I'm not going to play this. So I was paying attention to this one because it got a star next to it. Just because nice. of that, they made it clear you had to go and do the thing. And then you uh-huh. could rewind time. And then, like, your pre-recorded self would still go do the thing, so you would go do the other thing. And then if there's, like, three branches, then you'd have to rewind and go do the other one. Just that scene where it showed them, like, walking on parallel things and then crossing over and then going further down the road. I was like, man, how far can this go? Like, obviously, there's going to be hard limits or whatever. But, like, if I fully go on and clear the level, can I then rewind it and watch myself do it? Katana Zero style at the end of those levels? I don't know, something about it. It's got a star next to it. I'm going to keep watching it. Another game that I'm going to keep watching that I'm already excited for, and it's coming out soon, and I can't believe it, Immortals of Vayum. They showed off another gameplay snippet, mm-hmm. and it still looks strangely slow, but they did show off like a leash mechanic, where he had that leash on his left hand, kind of bullet storm style, yanked in one enemy to kick him and pummel him with magic, and then he used it to kind of swing around the stage in a couple spots. I still want to see more of it. I feel like there's got to be faster movement in there, but that game's looking better and better to me. I would, you know, I would really love to have a demo available before it drops hope. on really July hope. 20th. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I'm I'm still interested. It's got a star next to it. It's it's put itself really large on my radar. Thunk right there. So we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, that is the title I want to be good. But I just keep hearing so much that, hey, this might actually be good. It's endearing. It definitely does have a vibe of a studio's first like game attempt feel to it. But 
so I don't know. I want to love this game, but it could end up like that Godfall scenario where it's good, but it just doesn't have all the pieces flushed together to make amazing. Yeah, I feel like it almost has that breakdown thing, like break down the, the first person brawler on the Xbox mm. where it's really unique and really has a lot of potential, but maybe just doesn't hit everything that it needs to, but still a solid like seven out of 10. I'm like, but I really want it to be like a, an 8.5, a 9, a 9.5, something really cool. So we'll see what happens with that one. But I know what your last one is, Eric. Oh, you know it is. And the best thing here, man, the best part of the show was earlier on, we talked about it, FF7, Ever Crisis, all right? That hits. Everybody immediately, no, oh, I know it's coming. We know it all coming. You hear the audience start to rev up. Uh-huh. And then you hear Jeff go, no, 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 no. Get Grubhub, folks. Grubhub's a great place yeah, to eat. Yeah, you're yeah. going to want food, and you're going to want all the stuff. And uh, the audience just was, uh-huh. died right back down. And he's just got this shitting grin on the whole time. Because, of course, he knows. We didn't know, but he knows what we wanted is coming, but mm. that's not where he had it in the show. Where he had it was as the finale of the Summer Games Fest two-hour special, because it's not over. There's all sorts of parts and pieces still. But FF7 Rebirth was finally given a whole big shtick, whole big trailer with all sorts of really cool stuff going on. And I my jaw just dropped to the ground, just straight to the ground, because they were covering everything you could want. They were saying the things you need to say. They were showing you graphics. They were showing you gameplay. I'm blown away. I couldn't believe how good it looked just in the first scene. Like the the news coverage, obviously it's just going to be a cutscene. The news coverage of the destruction, or you know, the the plate falling in Midgar. Mm. I went, that looks. I mean, it doesn't look like real life, but that looks like real life happening right now. That looks like a real goddamn news broadcast of real stuff that's going on. And then, like you said, everything else they were showing the team up attacks. I've never even played Final Fantasy VII Remake Part One, but the team up attacks with the different characters got me so excited. And then they did it. You know they did it, and everybody who listens to this podcast knows they did it. You know the thing that they have to do in this one, but we said you can't tease that. You have to tease something different, and they did. Yes, and they did it. They, they did. did. And oh, I went, 100% oh. they did. Oh, but it also makes you want to answer that question. Who is she now? If that's what happened there, because he, oh, man, oh, God, I'm getting chills all over just thinking about it right now. Mm-hmm. I, when they meant that moment, I went, oh, my God, they're going to change the game. We don't know. Uh-huh. We don't know what's going on anymore. We don't know anything. Yeah, at all. And then on top of it, they showed you something that never happened in the original game anyway, when they were getting carried away in stretchers into the Shinra choppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that didn't happen. That never happened. So I'm like, is this propaganda? Shinra's like, you oh, know, like yeah, faking yeah, them yeah. in there. to be, uh, We caught the bad guys, and we're loading them up on the Shinra choppers now. Or does another whole scene happen that separates Cloud from them? And then, then of course, they were showing you the five years later. What happened to Cloud? He's been gone for five years. What's he been doing? And then, of course, Tifa kind of telling them the story of how Cloud was never there five years ago. I don't mm-hmm. know what he's talking about. Even though he was, but not in that you know capacity. Right, right, right. And, she didn't know. Oh, it's, just, it's so freaking much, man. I'm just like, ah. And then they showed you at, uh, um, what's it, Canyon. Um, Cosmo yeah. Canyon. Cosmo Canyon, talking to the elder over there. And I'm uh-huh. like, yes, I can't wait. do 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 Oh, I can't wait. God, just get me out. Get me out of this life. I need to just need to be there. I need to be there with FF7 Rebirth. And then they were like, what, man? Two discs, baby. Uh, it's literally two, two people shout out, two discs? What do you mean, two discs? <laughs> Even it made me laugh so hard that I yelled it out here in the apartment. What do you mean, two discs? Oh, my God. 
the one end, it got it got me so hyped because that means this game's flipping huge oh, yeah. and ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But on the other end, I went, I'm gonna have to erase all my games on my PlayStation Five <laughs> to put this on here. I'm gonna I'm gonna have two games on my PS Five. That's it. And that, that's what I thought too. I'm like, obviously, more discs means more game, which means more awesome. But then I just went. But you can already put like 70 hours into the first one. Uh-huh. So when I get to these, I'm going to have to put 70 hours into the first one and like 140 hours into this one? Yeah, huh? Oh, man. What? But everything else was just incredible. Just a, oh, yeah. a mind-boggling stopper for that show. Yeah. You already mentioned the tandem attacks, but when I saw Yuffie jump on Red 13's back and they oh, come yeah. slamming down, I'm like, bam, I'm sold. Here's my money flying out my pocket. I don't mean to keep dialing back to this, but Tifa and Eris, when they did their attack, and she hit him with something and then went, Tifa, go get him. And she jumped in. I was just like, hey, oh, that's that just like beautiful. the Forspoken DLC that made me so happy. And I was like, uh-huh. that's awesome. This is, oh, it's so great. I love characters teaming up and being, oh, man, just great. Yeah, But then I love to, it was just subtly done because they're talking about all the verbiage was like, where's Cloud? What's he been doing? What the heck's going on? And of course, if you played the game, you understand he he disappeared and went off and got brainwashed by Sephiroth for many years. And you had to hold the fort down. So you get to actually maybe even play that intermit area because it does showcase earlier, not in this one, but in the previous one where you're actually playing with Sephiroth. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping you get a whole actual time with him to get that relationship going and then come back. But it does, and this is what I was getting to, is the entire time they're talking about how Cloud's gone, it's showcasing gameplay with you as Cloud. So it's mm-hmm. already promising and making sure you understand you'll get Cloud back. Cloud's yeah, going to yeah. be there. But there's a whole story here that, and, and that can happen and goes down that you don't know about yet. And they've been talking about it like all the past week. So we did know about it. But seeing that open world and what, what, what format mm-hmm. does that take? Is it just one big open plane, like each section that you go and it's segmented off like that? Or is it actually like an open world? But seeing them out and about in that beautiful foliage that's got the sun shining and everything. It was so incredible. It looked so good. Obviously, they're like riding up to the place with the big cannon. I want to say Junon, but I'm not sure if that's it, so I don't want to sound like a chump. Everything just looked so incredible, especially just out of the world. Everything was nonstop amazing. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was nonstop amazing. And uh, well, the last thing I'll say is, on Twitter, they've been asking questions and then getting answered on like the FF7 Rebirth like tweets or whatever. And I know one of the things was, is like, will you be in the old school open world and be able to do things? And the answer, I think, was something along the lines of, it will be a grand ice, huge open world, as you you know remembered, for you to explore and, 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 and utilize. There was one that I saw that was like, we have a lot of activities for you to do out in the world. Yeah. So it was kind of sort of vague, but regardless, even if it is just like one big giant wide swath that you make as you turn around the continent there, and then the next swath... It still looks so goddamn good. I don't care how they do it. Yeah. It could just be a still background you're running around in front of. I don't care. It looks amazing. It looks amazing, and I can't wait. This game ends coming out early 2024. That was the only sad part is they were pushing for before the end of this year, but of yeah. course that would have meant March anyway, so I guess they're still holding true to what they were saying in the first place. I just hope it doesn't get pushed. You know how they like to be tricksome sometimes. First first quarter of 2024, but ends up being like late May, early June. And it's like, that's not, that's like halfway through the year, you guys. Stop it. It's just the perfect way to end that show. Something everybody can love. Nobody can have any problems with. So what about you out there in podcast listener land? What was your favorite thing on the show? Give me your list of stars. How many pages of notes did you take? 
Let us know what you're the most hyped for, what you're not hyped for, anything, any kind of feedback at all, questions, comments, concerns. If you just want to say hi, hit us up. The email, thirdshiftme at gmail.com, on the Twitter machine at thirdshiftme. Find us on Facebook under Third Shift. Hit up the Discord, the Patreon. Find me, send a letter to my house. Do what you got to do. Ooh, I don't know about sending letters to the house, but you can do all the things Matt said, or you can go over to that wonderful Amazon Twitch, get us the, uh, what is it, Twitch, uh, Amazon Gaming, get us the, uh, the, you know, the $5 free over there. You can go to Patreon if you like what we're doing. We treat it like a little tip jar. Buck, two bucks, three bucks, three bucks will get you some added stuff. Five bucks or the coveted million bucks will open up that food line, folks. I'm telling you, you'd love to see it. It'd be like, a, you know, your favorite reality TV stars. You know, we could become those for you if you throw us that million bucks. But any kind of bucks is deeply appreciated. All of who've done in the past, super awesome. Helps keep the lights on. But if you ain't got even that, you can support us by doing the mailbag. You can support us by going over to the Amazon, which we just talked about, or maybe giving five-star ratings on the iTunes or Spotify. There's so much you could do to keep us rocking and rolling, and I hope that you consider doing it so that way this summer it's a bright one for us. Absolutely. And speaking of a bright summer, you're going to get a bright summer the next time that you hear us, because the very next episode will be dropping on or around the 15th of June on iTunes and Stitcher on Podbean on Spotify and on YouTube. And as I always say, hey, if you like what we're doing, you'd like to help us out, please give us a like, a rating, a review, a comment, a subscription, any kind of good thing on any one of those good services, because it does help us out, and we really do appreciate it. Indeed we do. Really appreciate it. Just as we appreciate the five-star reviews, folks. Come on, the summertime's hot. I need a five-star to keep me hot, too, okay? I want to be doubly hot. I want to sweat so much that I can't stop. See, I thought you were going to say I need a five-star to keep me cool. Like you no. can buy five stars worth of water and just pour it on your head and go, oh, I want to be an inferno, man. I want to be an inferno. I want to be so hot that I'm like the sun and become a star myself. You know what I'm saying? That's That's what I'm going for, all right? That's what I want to be, and I need you all out there to help me do that. Because if I'm just a baby one star, I can't be a five star or a ten star and get out there and be like the sun. So Eric can be like one blazing hot star. I'll be like the the cold dead star out in the out in the depths of deep space, like zero <laughs> degrees Kelvin. Just like, ooh ah, I'm nice and chilly, but I put a sweater on, so it's not so bad. Yeah, and if you don't want to do any of that, I'll just bring back Grandma. Matt doesn't want me to. Don't bring back. And I won't grandma, do it no. tonight. But we, I'm, I'm threatening it. It's going to happen. I need I need y'all's support. Otherwise, it might happen. So until next time, when we talk about the stuff that's getting announced right now that we don't even know about, there's nothing else to say but... Don't forget to say...